Hi everyone and welcome back to Tower After Hours. I'm Haley, your host, and today I have with me pretty much the rest of our content team. Um, so we have our content marketing team lead, Grace Hurst. Hi. And two of our content marketing specialists, Nora Fulmer. Hello. And Danny Wilson. Hi. So today we are talking all about strengthening your content strategy. Um, this is something we talk a lot, a lot about internally, um, obviously with our clients, as well as Tower over the past year. Um, so yeah, basically going to jump right into it. Um, Grace, do you want to get us started today and maybe tell us a little bit about your background in content and kind of where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So to start things off and just to give some perspective why you know each of us is here talking, we'll mention where we came from. And for me personally, I started as a young professional working part-time with a corporate communications team. I did that for a few years. And then I also worked part-time with my university's marketing team as well, um, doing you know higher ed related marketing work. And then after I finished schooling, I became um, a full-time content worker with an e-commerce company. That was mostly product and sales focused. And then a few, well, in 2020, I transitioned into working with Tower and more into the agency setting. So definitely throughout the years, I've gotten some good perspective on different sized companies, uh, different types of companies between, you know, the financial world to the e-commerce world to the agency world. So that's a little bit about where I came from. And and yeah, in terms of thinking about strengthening your content strategy, I was thinking about something that applied to each of those places I've been in that I've seen before. And it ties in with the idea that you should be revisiting, revising, and repurposing your content. I kind of compared this to the analogy of someone who bakes. You start with a recipe, you try it for the first time, you send it out the door, Maybe it's good, maybe it's a little too salty, but you know, people like the taste of it generally. So then, you know, what's the next step? Do you just never make that recipe again? If it got a good response, you're likely gonna go back and make it a second time, but you're gonna maybe add less salt and tweak the recipe a little bit. And to me, if we're talking about strengthening your content strategy, that's what you're doing. And that's what I mean by revisiting, revising, and repurposing. You're likely already, if you're looking to the answer to this question, you're investing in content, you're generating it, you have a consistent schedule. But I think from what I've seen, a lot of businesses don't always go back to what they've created and put energy into refining it. Uh, and that's a missed opportunity because there's likely some pieces you have in your library that might be performing well but maybe they're getting older and looking at them, there's content in there that is outdated. Or if your company has undergone a lot of change and you have some branding updates, the tone of your writing might have changed. The way you word things might have changed. So it's really important to keep up with some of that older content, even if it's been performing well, take a second look at it and make sure that it's still relevant so that it continues performing well for you over time. Mm -hmm. When I say content, I'm not even just thinking about maybe your blog that you have. I'm even thinking about website content. That's something I definitely see where businesses don't think about updating what's on their website. 
And so you can run into situations where some of it just doesn't read like their current brand. Or <laughs> dare I use a, a COVID-related example, but a lot of companies had different messaging they put up related to what was going on a year, a year and a half ago, and then never remembered the places they put it or took it down. So yeah, it's really jarring if you stumble into something talking about your business reopening and it's June 2021 and you're like, my business yeah. has been open for months. That's not it relevant. It confusing like for the consumer as well. If you're looking up hours or like, what's the procedure for cleaning or do I need to wear a mask? And if you yes. can't find that, it's not a great experience for the customer then either. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just really important. If you're going to strengthen your content, messaging is key, not just when you're creating it. It's key when you're going back and you're reviewing it. So there's someone I like on LinkedIn. His name is John Bonini. John, if I pronounced your last name wrong, I'm sorry. But he has a really great, what he called the content, content update pyramid. And it's something we can link to. But basically, it's arguing that if you have something like a blog post that's more than two years old, you might find really good value, not just in continuing to push new content, but also going back to something that's two years or older and taking a second look at it and revising it. So uh, we can definitely link to it. It just, it builds out a helpful way to start thinking about content because updating might not even be revising the language. It might be changing the images that are in your blog and tiny tweaks like that. So I thought it was a great resource as well as uh, Content Marketing Institute put out a great guide just in general for updating blogs. That's usually an easy place for someone to start if they're kind of uncertain about putting this into action. Yeah, I just think it's something that's easy to overlook because it's behind you, but it's, it matters just as much as creating content that's in front of you. Yeah, I think we tend to look at it from almost a linear perspective just because of the way that our work operates obviously and also the way like our client relationships operate but it really isn't linear it's kind of an ongoing relationship with that piece of content and how it can best serve mm -hmm. uh you know the customer or the audience so yeah and awesome. not to ramble but one thing i forgot to say too is that thinking about what's doing really well if you have blogs that are performing really well it can even direct you into repurposing content which is just as great because maybe what you have in a blog is working well but maybe it works in a video too and then you can reach more people through your social account with that video so it's thinking about repurposing content as well that might be quote-unquote older but is still relevant when you put it into a new package mm -hmm. yeah definitely i think that's a, a big lesson a lot of agencies and businesses alike can take for sure Awesome. So I think next up, Nora, would you like to give a little introduction to yourself, just like Grace did, um, and then tell us your thoughts on strengthening your content strategy? Sure. So uh, my background, um, I was a student until like around 2015. Then I started in marketing at that point at a super small agency. Um, just they didn't really have a content team at that point. Um, it was kind of a viral content coordinator type position, but for different websites and stuff like that. So then at that point, I went to an e-commerce business like Grace, um, working in SEO content. And so we were doing uh, blog writing and article writing. 
uh, with incorporation of keywords and we work pretty closely with SEO. So that was really kind of my first taste at that point of content marketing uh, in a, on a larger scale. And after that, I worked for a direct mail company. So continuing with in-house marketing, but we did a lot of traditional marketing as well. So not just digital, but also print. And then since I've been at Tower, so like back in an agency setting, um, definitely been able to expand my breadth of knowledge. Um, still picking up stuff every day. So Awesome. Um, yeah, I would say out of everyone at Tower, I think you might have the broadest client list. <laughs> you have some very interesting, one-of-a-kind uh, industries for sure. So, um, so you're also internally our founder, essentially, of our social and content archives. I think that's part of what you're going to talk about today. Yeah, yep. Actually, yeah, I think it dovetails well with what Grace um, has been talking about. So um, two jobs ago, I guess, we realized the need for a content audit to figure out what we had and then what we could do with it to make it better. So again, repurposing, rewriting, updating, and we do that with our own clients, you know, looking at existing content and how we can make that work better for them. So yeah, like Kaylee said, so we have a content and social archive. I think it started especially with social, just what have we done already? So we weren't repeating ourselves, but also that we could just bring back threads that we had talked about before, build on, you know, things that worked well, things that didn't. And same with content when we're generating topics, having a cache to look at where we can see what we've talked about, how long ago we talked about it, etc., was helpful um, when generating new content just to just have an awareness of that rather than having to scroll back through every page of the blog. It's all just right there in a spreadsheet. So yeah, so similar, like I said, I think they pair well. Um, so I found an article on SEMrush actually, which is a you know site that we use a lot of their different tools. So I just found an article that I thought was interesting. They kind of identified five steps that uh, are really key to follow when you're doing an audit. Um, so the first step was to kind of define goals and metrics. Obviously, you have to start with what you want to actually get out of this audit because it's more than just a list of titles and publication dates and stuff like that. And it's time-consuming, you know, depending on how large your content resources are. Um, we have the clients where they go back years and years, so it's important to figure out what our goal is ahead of time. So, um, and then thinking about what kind of metrics you want to include in each of the columns. You know, we have keywords, we have titles, we have URLs, we have stuff like that, but you can also get more granular in terms of, you know, figuring out whether you want to get more likes and shares, you know, if there's like a specific conversion that you want, et cetera. So just thinking about that at the outset. Then the second step is obviously the actual inventory. And like Greg said, you know, content can encompass everything from a quiz to a PDF to a product description. It's, it's not just a blog or an article. So thinking about everything that you want to consider and then just this is kind of the time consuming part, although there are tools, but just collecting those URLs and you can really organize them in a lot of different ways. Uh, the article, which we can link to, talks about, you know, everything from their stage in the buyer's journey, which we've written blogs about, um, to publication dates, formats, 
etc. If you have different authors cataloging who's written this stuff, um, the pieces, etc. And at, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If, if, <laughs> if you had to guess, I'm I'm curious what you think, Nora, from just having been in different positions working with different clients. If you had to guess, do you think that clients who have content archives and a system in place for that and audits, do you think they do a better job of carrying out processes like internal linking or sharing their actual content versus someone who's not tracking it in that way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an inherent advantage of having an audit and an archive is just having that awareness of, right, because we publish things and then being able to go back a little bit later and adding backlinking between existing blogs. And if you have a list of all your titles and keywords and stuff like that in front of you, it's a lot easier, I think, to pick out opportunities for um, internal linking and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I literally do that every month for a few of our clients. I know some of the clients we have, we're just kind of starting Mm -hmm. a content strategy we might only have 10 blogs. So it's easy to think, oh, I published this one this month. That's what I'll share on social. Um, but some of our clients, one of mine has like three or 400 blogs. And so even when I'm just writing the blog, I will literally just command F in that spreadsheet. And, oh, we're talking about this type of plant. Great. Here we go. Here's all the options. Um, so that's really nice, I think. And I think it encourages us to internally link better. Because sometimes if you're coming into a client when someone else has started it, obviously I haven't written all 400 of those blogs. Um, you don't know what's been talked about. You know, you can do a skim, you can look through it, but it's a really comprehensive way, I think, to, to have an understanding of the content direction. Yeah, I, I agree. And that was definitely the goal. And I think it's been really helpful. Just everybody I've talked to definitely on the team and even beyond that. I know SEO has used it in the past as well. Um, so the next step then is just collecting data once you have everything set up. Um, and you know, we, of course, for clients, we work with analytics and search console and stuff like that to get really like the numbers based stuff. And then there's other information you can gather as well. And at that point it becomes a matter of kind of, do I want to keep this? Do I want to update it? Or do I want to delete it? Or, you know, in some cases, obviously redirecting it to another page that's more relevant that you want Google to you know, pick out and find and focus on. Uh, so at that point, um, they they refer to it as kind of just drawing up an action plan. So again, it, it pushes on what I just mentioned. Are you going to rewrite? Are you going to expand, refresh, something basic like updating uh, calls to action? We have clients, you know, where we add videos and images just to kind of freshen things up and make them a little more relevant. And then at that point, um, just adjusting your strategy long term. So it's an ongoing thing where you can see successes and failures by looking at a kind of a cumulative view of your content allows you to really uh, pull back and create a plan moving forward that, you know, how you can align the content to kind of achieve whatever your goals are, whether you're, you know, doing work for an agency or if you're in house. And just revisiting that strategy relatively frequently just to make sure you kind of haven't stagnated because obviously business goals change and have to kind of adapt the content based on whatever the the goals are. So that's what I had from that piece. Yeah, I like the specificity of that because I think sometimes we say, oh, just like go take a look and like see what we should update, see what we should change. I think if you're new to a client, sometimes that's pretty easy because you're looking at someone else's work and you're going, oh, well, I wouldn't have done it this way. I would have done X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. 
But I think when we have clients that are like a long-standing relationship, like some of our clients, we've been working on them for two or three years. Um, it's hard to kind of look at yourself and your work from that third person perspective. So I like that kind of like, here are the five steps and it starts with that goals and metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think too often we just look at the work and we're like, yeah, it's, it's well-written. It's, it's ranking. It's, you know, it's good. Right. But I think sometimes we have to take that deeper look and say, okay, but is this actually what their current goal is? Is the content working toward that? So yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, I agree. I think definitely it's, it's this was uh, helped me kind of hone in on because like I said I've done audits in the past and kind of created these archives but this was a really good refresher on honing in like what's the actual point like you're not just copying and pasting information into a, a spreadsheet so more actionable all right next up Danny do you want to give us a little bit of background and then tell us your thoughts on strengthening your content strategy uh, absolutely uh, so a little bit of background on me, um, studied media writing in college, um, so worked a few internships in PR starting out, kind of found, I don't think public relations are, is really for me, I want to do something else. Um, so along that time as well, I was kind of just working up a small portfolio of freelance writing, just uh, I'd like the creativity of that a little bit, kind of getting to have my hands in a couple different projects, which is what's nice about writing for different kinds of clients here at Tower, I think. You can kind of switch it up. You're not you're not always sort of uh, stuck in one sort of silo or something like that. So did that for a couple years. Uh, my first job outside of college was sort of a hybrid of uh, content creation and account management. So it was a lot at once, and it was sort of like churning out a uh, multiple blogs in a day which i if you're a part of the tower team it's that's just not uh, in a great way not how we do it so uh coming into this role one of the big things that i've uh really gained from the team and then i think just the way even like what we're speaking about here the way that we go about our processes of our content strategy um focusing on like producing and creating intentional content so that could be like blogs ads whatever um but how that benefits uh what our overall strategy is how that benefits the strategy of what our clients goals are at the moment uh where the customer is in their journey that sort of thing so it's been a fun ride so far uh with that um but that's pretty much it yeah outside of college which was a couple years ago kind of been in the agency world more or less, but this feels uh, like I'm finally getting to, to stretch my legs, so to speak, uh, at a true agency, if you will. Awesome. So talk about uh, strengthening your content strategy yeah. a little bit. So kind of piggybacking off of that and nicely what, Nora, you were speaking about. And with that whole content archive thing, I have to say, I feel like I just learned a whole thing that I wasn't, uh, you know, prioritizing as well as I should. I'm like, I'm going to use these archives way more than I have been. Um, But the one thing that I found here uh, so far, especially for enhancing a, a content strategy is to focus on the way. I think you could even say like the reason that you as the individual content marketer can contribute to the overall content strategy of your agency. So kind of like working to hone what your content strategy is as an individual and how that can play into the the, the larger picture, if you will. So it's uh, coming to this position, it's one thing to just create a piece of content, a blog, web copy, case study, whatever it is that you as the individual are excited about. But I feel like it's another thing entirely. Haley, I think you were just mentioning this, but to create content that your audience, the audience you're writing for would be excited about, not just like, wow, I really like the way this blog reads, but it's something that they could connect to. 
Um, this has kind of led me down the journey here of trying to integrate more like what some people call conversion focused content marketing or conversion copy. There's actually somebody on LinkedIn who our head of SEM tipped me off to. I think her name is Eden Badani. I'm probably butchering that last name. I do know the first name's Eden though. Um, but she really harps on this a lot and it's been helpful for me. The idea of as content marketers, we're not constantly trying to reinvent the wheel every time we sit down to write something, but we're trying to make connections and we're trying to make connections for a specific audience um, that they can follow, like trying to create a light bulb moment for them and not just a piece that I'm excited about or that we're excited about because it's got like a good turn of phrase or like, oh, wow, I really like that metaphor or something like that. Um, and with that, Grace mentioned the importance of revising content, just thinking critically about it and sort of with the idea of making sure your content has a long shelf life. It's not just sitting on a web page, you know, outdated or stale or something like that. But revisions and anyone listening to this has probably heard it a hundred times before, but they're so important as a content marketer because taking the time to sit with the project, thinking through your strategy, your agency's overall strategy, the business you're writing for, the client you're writing for, their strategy, thinking critically about it and not just rushing headlong in before a plan of action is put into place, I feel like can save you so much time in the long run. And just like every time you sit down as a content marketer and you like open that Google Doc and there's like the blinking cursor, there should be a purpose, I think, beyond just sitting down and going, I just want to make this really good. Because you kind of have to define what good means. Uh, like, do you want to do a good paragraph? Do you just want like the design to be nice? Uh, you know, so taking the time to critique it and let others critique it others look at it. I don't mean critique in a negative sense, but just like kind of seeing where maybe your blind spot is within your own strategy, something you're missing, I think is for me personally has really uh, immensely helped me so far um, because I think it's easy for people to get caught up in being like really siloed off from the rest of their, even, you know, from the rest of their team. And you can either get like, I think bogged down in like little details you shouldn't, or you could like, you know, miss the forest for the trees, so to speak. But remembering that an agency is you know, made up of individual people. Our content marketing team is made up of individual content marketers. We each have our own strategy. It can be a little unique, and I think that's the benefit of it, but learning how to integrate that into the overall strategy um, by just really wanting to make connections for the audience. So like, who's my audience? Who am I writing for? How can that help? Because uh, that really sets the ground for the strategy, I think, as well. Um, and then again, it's not like I have to just make something new. Because I think a lot of times people can't always uh, make connections to something new. It could just be totally out of left field. So if you can work to sort of make connections for your audience and use that as a foundation for your strategy, I think it, it can be really helpful. Um, two things with that that help me that I've been trying to use as I'm sitting down to do that is just to keep like a couple questions in mind. And the, the first one's really simple. Like am, when I sit down, am I keeping the overarching goals of the client I'm writing for in mind? So those goals could be quarterly, annually. They could be something even longer term. But again, like when I'm writing the piece, I'm not just writing it like, oh, I'm, you know, in the way that like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write a short story for fun and then it'll just like enjoy it. But it has to have a purpose beyond just this was well written. And then secondly, am I keeping in mind uh, where the audience is at in their customer journey or in their sales funnel? Because that can dictate how I would write it as well, um, which isn't something that in my career so far, I think I've prioritized as well as I could. And I think keeping that in mind can be really helpful. 
There's a really good, really short article um, by uh, Eddie at Very Good Copy, which is somebody Grace tipped me off to. And he's got a lot of different kind of things he writes about, but there's one called Copywriting and Creation. And he even delves into a little bit more like uh, just content marketing as a whole in it. But I think he can really help make the connection uh, for content marketers that like when you sit down, you don't have to uh, feel like you have to, again, like reinvent the wheel all the time and you don't have to things don't have to feel so ethereal all the time. You can be like, okay, what's the audience? What are their goals? How can I make the connection? Let me let that drive the strategy. Um, and for me, again, that's just been uh, super helpful. And I think I've seen it pay off. Um, and a lot of people who are in the industry a lot longer than me and smarter than me tell me it pays off. So I trust it a little bit. But um, yeah, I think basically like the whole summation of that is um, learning to just find i think where you fit as a content marketer within your agency strategy and how you can develop your strategy to aid um that whole uh, purpose i think can be really helpful and it, you don't have to think so big all the time you can just be like hey who i'm writing for right now what are their goals where are they at in their journey uh how can i help make connections for them and more often than not i think you can uh, it can relieve a lot of stress and, and save you a lot of time in the long run mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's interesting too. I hadn't even thought about it, but hearing everyone talk about their background, we all have quite similar backgrounds and have lived in quite a similar area, but I can't think of like four people with more different writing styles. And so I think like it, it, it is honestly a blessing for our team though, because it means that when a new client comes in, there is someone who's perfect for it. It might not be everyone, but there's at least one person who is like perfect to a T to write that, that client's work. So I think that even just more, impresses upon me the importance of revision and editing and not seeing it always as this person said, I said this wrong mm. and I should have said it better, but seeing it as this is a new perspective to consider when writing, or yep. this is a new perspective to consider just in this piece. Um, I'm not scheduled to talk today. I'm just hosting, but <laughs> one thing. <laughs> so I started doing this with um, one of my clients who I really, the demographic could not be more different than me. It's older, it's male. Um, it's an industry I'm unfamiliar with outside of writing for it. And so I, for a while was literally sitting down, I'd give myself a name. I'd be like, all right, I'm Jim. What do I want to know about this topic? And I would try to write a, a list of like 10 questions of what does this, what would Jim want to know? Um, and use that to kind of like drive my content because it is, it's hard sometimes to get in the mindset of another person, especially when you're already kind of drowning down a big group into a single persona or a single kind of like demographic area. Um, so yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah. I love that too, because I think it makes it easier. Every business is different, but some have more red tape and bureaucracy around the content they do. So I think if you can come at it from that approach, it's what Danny was saying, like you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're also writing it for your audience, not yourself. That helps internally too. If there are changes coming down the road that don't align with your content strategy, because sometimes companies want to write it to appease maybe like the internal jargon or phrasing that they have for things. And it's stuff that can kind of disrupt the success of the content marketing too. So it's a lot easier to back up your strategy when you're focusing on those points of writing it to that exact audience that you need to keeping it simple. And I mean, we know with marketing repetition is key. 
So it's nice if you're repeating it because if you're reinventing it too much, people might not even recognize what they're looking at. So, And I think that's a good point too because like if a client has a question on why we're doing something a certain way, it's it, it's not always like the, the strongest sell to be like, well, you can see how good the blog is. Like it's written really well. It's like... I mean, great, you know, but that's kind of a stylistic thing too sometimes. it's. But if you have your strategy behind it, it's like, well, we do it this way because of this. And we've seen, you know, we can pull like some sort of concrete data behind it besides just like, you know, I had a good time doing it and other people seem to like it. It's like, well, when the the audience is looking for something and, and they come across our content, they don't really care about that as much. They might just be skimming it and not even read the whole thing, right? So they want certain elements of it that we that we are incorporating for a strategic reason. And like, that's really simple sounding, I think. But I mean, I know people for sure, myself included, who have like just not focused on that as much before. And so it's kind of like an obvious like light bulb or something. But what you know, when it comes on, you go, okay, yeah, this makes so much sense. And I think it just produces a lot stronger content because you kind of, it takes the pressure off of you as like, I need to be a creative. And then it, it, which is still great from time to time, but it can it can just help you find your place uh, in the role more and create something that's just like really worthwhile and like actually going to do its job like for six months down the line and longer or something. Yeah. I'll tell you, I read content all the time that I'm like, I'm the prime demographic for this. And this clearly was not written for me. So (laughs) I guarantee you, it's not just you who has those thoughts because I feel like a lot of content is too targeted on, I need this blog to rank for this keyword in this amount of time and it's not actually well so how would you make it rank well you need a lot of people to click on it to keep it ranking and what can we do to make them then click on it and what value can we provide it's just it's a much longer road than i think people think about i think they just think catchy title include the topic and done we're good like it's there's so much more that goes into it um so i know we've all kind of talked a little bit about tools and resources throughout um but our big question of the day today is what is your favorite content marketing tool? And Grace, do you have something to share? <laughs> I'm excited for this question. I'm not going to say anything groundbreaking because we're all going to be like, of course it is. Google Analytics. It's going to sound crazy, but there are still a lot of businesses that are either intimidated by it, don't have it set up, or haven't taken the time to really look at it, especially on the content side. Um, I was talking to a friend who, you know, works for a small company and she doesn't do marketing as her job, but it's kind of fallen in her court over time. And she was talking about, you know, content marketing is kind of the base of what they do. It's the key to success for their business. But when I asked her as well, okay, how are you measuring, you know, what's doing well so that you can keep creating she told me flat out, like, they don't have any Google Analytics set up. And, you know, I totally understand and, and empathize. It's really intimidating at first if you don't know what you're doing, you're not an SEO. There's a lot in there. But if you take the time to do it, <laughs> again, Danny was saying to think critically about your content. And it's really hard to do that if you aren't actually seeing data of how it's performing month over month, year over year. So I just wanted to put that vanilla bread answer out there. <laughs> It's so true though. And I think it's almost to some extent Google's fault because they don't make it very user. It's user-friendly if you are an educated marketer who has taken a Google Analytics course or a certified, but it's not designed for 
someone who owns a mom and pop shop to go in there and understand how people use their website. They're going to get lost immediately. Like they, they just are. So I, I wish that someone would, you know, consider that maybe there should be multiple different dashboards or something. And maybe there is, and I don't know about it, but I just feel like it's us who end up looking at it, but I want all of our clients to be looking at it on a daily basis too. I want them to be aware of what's going on as well. So I think that's a great tool. I think it's overlooked a lot too. Uh, Nora Danny, do you guys have anything you want to share? Um, I'm going to continue with the SEM rush train. They have a content audit tool that I've used in the past. Um, so basically just putting in your domain and you can tell it, which sections of the website you want it to look at, you know, based on in the breadcrumb, whether that's, you know, blog or article or, you know, product descriptions, whatever. Uh, it gathers information, um, all the kind of stuff that I was talking about earlier, and it just pinpoints these pages aren't doing well. Here's what you can do to uh, make them better, whether that's updating them, merging them with, you know, like we talked about redirects, just really straightforward how you can fix it and make it better. And um, Grace mentioned Google Analytics. You can connect with your analytics account. So you can look at things that help you determine which content pieces are the most engaging based on all the metrics that you're already seeing, you know, when we do reporting each month and just when we're measuring what's working and what isn't. So it's kind of uh, it's a good starting point if you're not super familiar with doing a content audit or the metrics that it's measuring. It's very straightforward. So that's something that uh, I found was helpful in the past. I'm going to insert myself again and have a bonus uh, content tool, which I think, I don't know if I'm maybe the only one here who uses it. I started using it for social and then now I use it for content as well. And that's, it's the content discovery tool from builtvisible.com. I actually didn't even know where it was from because we have it in like mm -hmm. our own branded spreadsheet. But if you haven't used this, I'm going to send it to you after this. So we'll include it in the notes if we can find a link to it, to like the original. <laughs> it is so good. So we have ours running out of like a Google sheet. I think that basically it gives you like almost a code that you pull in. Basically what you can do is you can put in a search term and then it will bring up for you kind of like the front page of Google News UK, Google News US, Hacker News, Reddit, uh, YouTube, Dig, basically a bunch of different search engines and uh, social media platforms. And you can just kind of see what people are talking about. Um, this has been really helpful for me when we get a new client and it's an industry I've never written for before. You can actually get a sense, not just of like, all right, we have to start with cornerstone content and write about what is insert industry name here. Um, but you can actually kind of see like, what is their hype around? What are the trending topics? What are the new innovations? What are things that, that people are actually talking about and searching for? Um, and so I find that really interesting for that as well as to find external links and, um, for both social and content. So that's my shout out. Shout out to Mike Shaw for setting that up because <laughs> it's amazing. it really is a godsend. Yeah, I, love I love that. That's really if, cool. if you're going, um, some clients come in and they already have all that cornerstone content as well. So it's really, you want to make sure you're not going back and redoing something that doesn't need redone in that instance. So it's a great way to help you get a good perspective on something, especially if you're not familiar with their industry. Yeah. 
especially because those technical industries are always the one where the client expects you to like hit the ground running on a very <laughs> intensive topic. Yes. You're like, great. I now have to learn how cryptocurrency works <laughs> in six hours. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Can you imagine how much you know at the end of your career though, like because of content marketing, you just know a lot of random mm-hmm. industries. I honestly, I'm a major introvert and writing content has been the greatest tool to my social skills (laughs) because somebody sits down who is like a friend of a friend. I'm like, Hey, what industry do you work in? And then I'm just like Mm. hoping that I can speak to it on some level, (laughs) but it is kind of fun. It's fun to know a Mm -hmm. lot about, or a little about a lot of things. Right. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Um, well, thank you guys all for joining us today. Thank you guys for being on. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or a comment wherever you're listening, be it Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, um, or on our website and let us know your thoughts on your content strategy, where you need it to go, where you want it to go questions you have. Um, so we will be back next month with another episode and, uh, yeah, have a great day, everyone. Bye.